Now you need to look far for a secret. This is Legendary Adventures Podcast. This week in Link's Awakening, we travel from one end of the world map to the other to tackle the final required dungeon in the game, Turtle Rock. Leaving Eagle's Tower, the player is provided no direction, but there's really only one place left to go, the western edge of the mountain. We reach the western mountains by crossing a broken bridge west of the hen house. Link finds Marin stuck on a small platform in the middle of the bridge. She says monsters stranded her there. Players rescue her using the hookshot. After the rescue, she starts to tell Link something, but she's interrupted when Taryn arrives. Marin and Taryn leave together. The owl then appears. It tells Link Marin went to the egg and sang the Ballad of the Windfish. The owl says it's a wakening song, and wonders if she truly was trying to waken the windfish. The owl then encourages Link to continue on to the next instrument. It tells him to play a song that even the unliving stones might hear. Continuing west, we can find the third location of the Mad Batter. Players slash through a bush to reveal a staircase. Using magic powder to light the torch, we can again wake the Mad Batter to be cursed. A reminder, the curses are actually good things. Generally, I opt to get the Magic Powder expansion at this point, provided that I've gotten the other two expansions. If players have visited all three Mad Batter locations, they will have their Bomb Stash, Arrow Stash, and Magic Powder Stash all expanded. We continue west moving through mountain caves. One cave entrance is hidden behind a cracked wall we need to open with bombs. Inside is a flamethrower which prevents Link from moving forward. Using the mirror shield, Link can push through the flames and move on to Turtle Rock. Similar to A Link to the Past, Turtle Rock resembles a turtle. The head, however, strikes me as being more dragon-like. Playing the frog Song of Soul causes the head to spring to life. In the Game Boy versions of the game, the stone flakes off the head, revealing a creature underneath. Players are able to land blows to the head with the sword to defeat it. The Switch version's more involved. Players have to first use bombs to remove the stone armor. To do so, players have to wait for the boss to signal it's going to lunge forward at Link and then move out of the way so it hits a wall and stuns itself. Players can then place the bomb to damage the stone armor. Once the armor is gone, players can take out the creature with their sword. This fight's another early example of an overworld boss fight in the series. Again, not many games adopt these, but a few do, such as Wind Waker and its sequels. But Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are perhaps the best-known Zelda games for featuring overworld bosses. The music of Turtle Rock is anchored by an arpeggiated note pattern played on the higher notes. The melody is played on bass, and it has a staccato pattern. The Switch version has a dramatically different feel. It's almost industrial with a steady drum beat behind the arpeggiated pattern. The melody played on the bass notes, to me, seems to be completely gone, or at least has been rendered less noticeable. Now to the dungeon itself. As the name implies, this dungeon is shaped like a turtle. This is a large, sprawling dungeon. It's all on a single floor, but it requires a lot of backtracking and includes an outdoor section. While outdoors, players will find a heart piece and a fast travel point. The fast travel point here is the least useful in the game, at least in the Game Boy versions. 
In the Switch version, it can be used to quickly navigate around the dungeon with the use of Monbo's Monbo. That song comes in handy in this dungeon in both versions. As a reminder, it returns players to the front entrance if played inside a dungeon. Players enter the dungeon in the tail of the turtle. The boss and the instrument are found in the head. To reach the end, players will have to take on five mini-bosses while traveling to each leg to acquire keys and key items. Players will also encounter Vire enemies for the first and only time in this game. The Vire appeared in the original game. They're bat-like demons which split into smaller bats or keys when hit. In Link's Awakening, players will take on a single Vire with each encounter. They are much trickier than they were in the original game. They'll dodge Link's sword, they'll fly off screen to return from another side, they fling fireballs and they dive bomb at Link. They can be defeated with a single hit from the boomerang or a few hits from the sword. Players will find the compass and key in the lower left leg of the dungeon. On this side of the dungeon, players will also encounter a rolling rock. This is a unique object to the dungeon. It's a box-like item with a light on the top. When Link pushes it, it creates floor tiles. Players can guide it with the direction buttons or joystick. Solving a small puzzle by filling in the hole completely with the created floor tiles will reveal items. On the west side of the dungeon, players will find a chest with rupees inside. Players can backtrack with Mambo's Mambo and then head east to the lower right leg. Players will have to head south and use a staircase to pass through a side-scrolling area to reach that leg. In this leg, Blink fights a rematch with Smasher, the steel ball-throwing mini-boss that was first seen in Fae Shrine. To the west of Smasher, there's another rolling rock puzzle to get a small key. There's also an unmarked bombable wall. This is the most unfair bombable wall in the game in my opinion. Players who pay close attention to the map can likely find it eventually, and it does need to be found because it contains a crystal switch. There is only one crystal switch barrier in the entire dungeon, and it blocks the path to the dungeon item. If players don't hit the switch a single time at this point, they will have to backtrack. Time to head north. Using a rolling rock near the center of the dungeon, players can create a path that'll allow them to go north and east to find a room full of bombable blocks. An owl statue in the room tells Link to defeat enemies guarding a key from above. We'll file this hint away for later. Clearing these blocks reveals an arrow drawn on the floor. It points to a bombable wall. The newly created door leads to a series of dark rooms. Players navigate through these rooms and they'll have to pass through a couple of bombable walls to eventually reach a room on the western side of the dungeon. This room has a statue standing in lava. An owl statue right next to it says to shoot the statue with an arrow. Shooting it reveals a small key. Directly north of this room, players will find a staircase which leads out of the dungeon. Outside, players head east to find another dungeon entrance. Once back inside the dungeon, Link will be on a raised floor above two Dodongo snakes. These are the key guardians we were told to defeat from above. We need to throw bombs from our raised position down to the Dodongo snakes for them to eat in order to defeat them. Once they're gone, we'll get a chest with a small key. We can then drop down to a lower level to the east to defeat a pair of Gibdo for another key. Then it's back to the dark room to open some locks and head down a set of stairs. Passing through a side-scrolling segment, we come out in the upper right leg to fight another mini-boss. This one is original to the dungeon. It's Blano, a boxing enemy. Defeating Blano rewards a fairy and a warp point to the start of the dungeon. From Blano's room, we can head north to get the dungeon item, the magic rod. It urges players to burn things. Time to head back to the start of the dungeon. The nightmare key is found in the upper left leg of the dungeon. To reach it, players will need to head up a staircase near the center of the dungeon and then use their newly acquired magic rod to melt ice blocks and create a path. 
These blocks prevent the players from moving to this part of the dungeon until they have the magic rod, and the ice blocks are also a small puzzle. They need to be melted in just the right way to move forward. In the upper left leg, players will rematch against Q-Ball, the mini-boss from Angler's Tunnel. This time, the fight happens in a room with a large pool of lava in the center. There are also a couple of gaps in the pathway as well. It makes this fight more difficult than it was the first time around. Defeating Q-Ball allows players to move north and claim the Nightmare Key. The boss is reached by traversing another side-scrolling segment near the center of the dungeon. The stairs are just east of the ones that we use to reach the Nightmare Key. Players will again have to melt ice blocks in a certain way to get to the Nightmare Door. The boss of the dungeon is Hothead. It's a giant, flaming, disembodied head which dives in and out of a pool of lava. The magic rod is used to deal damage. Hitting it will cause the flames to disappear, revealing a rocky-looking head underneath. After a few hits, the rocky head breaks apart, revealing a creature with a spiky head. A few more hits and Hothead falls. As the boss dies, it again laments Link is foiling the plans of the nightmares. It also again implies that if the windfish awakens, Link too will also disappear. After all, he is in the dream. We then collect the eighth instrument of the sirens, the thunder drum. A voice tells Link the egg is calling. Next week, we'll head to the egg and wake in the windfish after making a stop at the color dungeon. If you want to follow along, please subscribe. I am Paul Riley. Thanks for listening.